Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Truth Revival. This is Season 3, Episode 3. My name is Roman Hamilton. With me today, we've got the one and only Mr. Nationwide. How are you, Paul? Three and three. Three and three. Listen, I was coming out of the bank the other day, going to my truck, and some dude rolls by, and I hear, Nationwide! And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's right. This is ridiculous. Mr. Nationwide. <laughs> ridiculous. It'd be good if, like, if you went to Pigeon Forge, or if you went to, you know, some other city, or Nashville, and people are like, Nationwide! <laughs> that would be, that, that. I would know that we have reached... A pretty good audience. We've arrived happen, by yeah, the end. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, brings me a great honor and joy to uh, introduce our, our guest today. He's a, a young man that um, I, I've kind of grown up with in the ministry and uh, get to rub elbows with him from time to time in the school system, uh, Mr. Brett King. Brett, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And why do they call you Nationwide? I'm everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> That's right. That's good reason. <laughs> That's right, Mr. Nationwide. Yeah. And uh, you see, that really came from, uh, you know, Pitbull? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he always, he calls himself Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like I said, Paul Paul Chapman, um, he used to um, do a lot of ministry with uh, some folks from Ohio. Yeah. Uh, some Quakers from Ohio. And, um, yeah. of course, he... Uh, also had some uh, ministry experiences in Brazil and different place, different locations, and uh, he used to travel with his band. Um, yeah, what was the band's name? Braden's Journey. Braden's Journey. Yeah, used to travel with them all across the United States, and so uh, yeah, I said nationwide. He missed nationwide. Yeah, That's wild. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, I've you think sometimes I struggle with am I doing enough or <clears throat> excuse me am, am I Am I being productive for the kingdom? You know, am I doing what God wants me to do? And and I struggle because I'm the type of guy that I always feel like I have to prove myself and be doing stuff, which that's not healthy at all. And I'm coming to learn that. You know, uh, Roman's been a big help in me becoming more peaceful in my life and trying to slow down. He got me this cup, you know, this is worried less. It's a cough cup. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I can't believe you still remember that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, listen, I, I'm a sentimental guy. People don't know that, but I really am. Well, so anyway, but um, I've tried to slow down and 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 just say, "Hey, Lord, where do you want me?" What do you, and, and understand this that I don't have to physically be doing something to serve Him. I've got to. I've just got to live to serve Him. Mm-hmm. You know, my life is is a book. My life is a ministry. My life is a is a sermon. My life is a hymn. My life is all things that He is to promote who he is. And when we understand that and get to that place in our life to where we don't have to be go, go, go. Cause listen, we can go and go and go and be so unfruitful and unproductive because we're neglecting the very thing that God's called us to do because we think we're going and doing the right thing. And he's saying, Hey, I need you over here mm-hmm. resting in me being what I've caused you to be over here. So we've got to get in tune with that. And I've struggled with that for years and, uh, and I'm trying to get a better grip on that. So, yeah. 
Paul, you're saying that, and uh, there's a passage that just came to my mind. It's uh, from Philippians chapter 4. It's verse number 12. The Apostle Paul said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Yeah. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. Yeah. The Apostle Paul was talking about finding contentment. Yep. You know, in in his life. And if we can ever find that. Yeah. And I love what you said. My life is a hymn. Yeah. I'm telling you what, I don't like being hungry. <laughs> you me know, I, yeah, right. sometimes I need a Snickers. I've had people call me Betty White before. <laughs> you know, when I if I get I get I get hangry or I get oh, emotional. Um it that's not a fun place to be in. But the apostle Paul said, Listen, what about suffering? You know, Brett, you're a big dude. Have you ever like have you ever been bullied? Or have you ever like suffered physically? Like has anybody ever, you know, put you in a compromising situation where you felt like your life was threatened? No. He's pretty big. He's a big dude. <laughs> but, but but I think the apostle Paul is 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 telling us right here, I know how to be hungry and I know how to suffer need. I'm, you know, you may not have suffered physically, but I'm sure that there's been times whenever you've been in a desperate situation. Right, you've been in a place where you were, were maybe seeking and searching, you know, for answers. Mm-hmm. And the Apostle Paul said, "If that's where you are, that's where right where God wants you." Yeah, yes. So think about that, listeners. Wherever you're at today, take comfort knowing that you're right where you need to be. Yeah, I've heard people say before, "I've ruined God's plans for my life." I've made too many mistakes and I've ruined God's plan for my life. My friend, take comfort in knowing you're not that powerful. That's true. That's (laughs) right. Yeah. Because right where you are is right where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And in all things, if you can find contentment and say, okay, God, here I am. What we, where do we go from here? You get humble before the Lord. He'll start using you. Yeah. Okay. What's that scripture? Godliness with contentment is great gain. Great gain. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. You know, we didn't, even, we didn't even plan to talk about that today. So that was for somebody. <laughs> uh, Brett, introduce yourself to the Truth Revival listeners, and um, and then we're going to just dive right into this topic here today. Yeah, I am uh, graduated from Sequoia in 2014, which is, when I look back on it, it's a pretty sad thing. Now, uh, nine years later, I've been teaching at Sweetwater High School for four years. This is my fourth year. And, uh, you know, I coach football and I've been, a uh, an evangelist. I was called to the ministry and when I was 15 Oh wow. and well, before that, and I just said, no, I'm not yeah. doing that. I'm not staying in front of people. That's not, that's not for me. I like to cut up and stuff, but just being serious in front of somebody and the, and, and that somebody being Jesus Christ, uh, it just, I didn't want to do it. So at 15, I finally gave in. So for, 11 years now, almost four or ele- almost 12, I've been preaching. And about a year ago, I was asking God questions like, why have you not used me somewhere? Like, why have I not become a pastor somewhere? Right. And, uh, and I, I hate to be this way and, and I shouldn't never think this way, but my mind and starts to think like, I know I've prepared myself and I, I study 
not maybe not the best of the best like Roman is, but <laughs> I've I've put myself and I shouldn't have never let my mind cross that way, but that's just how it works sometimes is I was judging other preachers like what well, how did they get a church and I've not gotten a church yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I struggled with that for about two years. I even broke down in front of my wife and was like, Emily, why has God not used me somewhere? Mm. I'm, and uh, I listened to Ben Stewart a lot on a, a breakaway podcast. So I was listening to him back when I was working at the golf course uh, in my summer job when we get out of school. So I was sitting there on a mower one day, and he, he said his first job was a – youth pastor in a cafeteria at one of the schools and they started off with seven or eight people. Well, I started, I was a preaching at the time, but I came back and, uh, I started doing Sunday school at my church, my home church at new Macedonia. I did that for two years. Then me and my wife, uh, we got married and I started going to her church at Von Orr Baptist and they needed a college and career class teacher. Mm. So we started off, and I think this is where my journey started, was at New Macedonia just teaching Sunday school class just because God was preparing me. And Ben Sturt's big words are, if you're faithful with little, God will be, you will be faithful with much when oh, it comes yeah. to that mm-hmm. time. It's true. So we had only like seven or eight people in my dad's Sunday school class, and then I went to the college career class at Vaughn or we started it off with three or four ended up having about 15 to 20 by the end of it. And now I went to, uh, about a year ago, uh, this, this March, I got a phone call from McMinn central saying, Hey, they needed another football coach slash math teacher. And I was looking at it as a financial impact and it was going to be about $5,000 more a year. And I was, you know, at 25 years old, that's a ta-ching. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, it helps, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm like, man, Emily, we could, I could make a lot more money down here. And, and then I started talking to my dad. He said, you know, money's not everything. So, and I started off at a job here in Sweetwater and I left because of money out here in Von Orr. And by the time I got there and it was all said and done, it was miserable. I was miserable all the time. Just remember that when you go finding these other jobs that maybe God's got you where you need to be. Right now, like you guys were just speaking just moments mm-hmm. ago, and I got to thinking about that, and I was like, man, I really do have some great bosses, and what if this boss down here is not up to the standards of these guys? And uh, some I don't know who listens, but Eric Weaver and Mike Martin, they're, yeah, they're the best. Dude, yeah. They're the best, and they will take care of you. Uh, I'm sure there's opinions otherwise, but to me and my knowledge and what he does for those students out there, both those guys and even Kim Vineyard, they put their life out for them. I mean, they enjoy it. They love it. And they want to see the best for those students. So I was like, man, I don't know if, if I'm really wanting to go now. And the same, I went down for an interview and uh, <laughs> I just wanted to see how it played out. I've mm-hmm. never even been in an interview. Uh, as soon as I got out, I student taught at Sweetwater mm-hmm. and, uh, I came in and Weaver's like, "Hey, you got a job here?" And uh, after your student teaching's done, and I said, "Okay, I, that was it. I didn't even go look for a job. I just stayed. I didn't <laughs> care. I loved it there. And easy, I, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is easy. So I went for an interview just for practice, and they hired me on the spot. And I said, "Well, let me go home and pray about it, and let me let me talk to my wife about it and see what they say." And the same day. I got two phone calls from churches in Sweetwater. 
I got a phone call from Old Sweetwater Baptist Church to be their youth minister. And then I got a phone call from First Baptist Sweetwater to be their youth minister. And I was <laughs> like, man, is that not crazy how God works? Mm-hmm. So the same day I had an interview, they called me and said, hey, do you want to meet at Bojangles? So I went to Bojangles and met with the old Sweetwater people, Richard Lane and Josh Croft. And then about a week later, I was preaching uh, at Josh's church on a, what are them things, Easter rise Sunday yeah. service? Yeah, sunrise. sunrise. Sunrise service. So I was preaching at it, and that guy from First Baptist came in and listened to me there, and he had no idea what was going on. So even a week later, I was interviewing with First Baptist, <laughs> and, you know, wow. then my, my options were like, you know, I think God's got me here now. <laughs> and because that's what I wanted. That's what I really wanted was mm-hmm. to – to have a place and an impact in our community. Right. And Chris Hall always says, you need to be going to church where you teach at or where you're going to school at. Yeah. Uh, because that's where you're going to have a real impact. At. So if Roman's teaching at Teleco, he's going to have a greater impact preaching in Teleco because right. he can actually reach these people in this community and he can get them here. Agreed. And I got to thinking, man, that's, this is perfect for me now. And then I had the decision, which one do I pick? And I, <laughs> I prayed about it and prayed about it and prayed about it. And I just had a peace of mind just knowing that the high school is here on, a, I think it's called High Street. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, it's High Street. Yeah. And then First Baptist is on Monroe Street. It's, it's almost a, a quarter of a mile. Yeah, you could walk. Yeah. yeah, and most of our kids walk after school sometimes to the church, and they just meet us there. And I thought, man, this location is perfect. I mean, we are squared. We're in the center of town. There's no, there's no way a student could say, I can't make it here. Yeah. You can't. We're right in the middle. Yeah. You're, you're right next to the school. If you can make it to the school, you can make it to our church. Uh-huh. And we started off with, I don't know, eight, nine students and uh before christmas we was having about 75 wow and then uh just this wednesday i think we had about 50 51 or so so that's awesome uh you know it dropped off after christmas we had to take a about a three-week break last last wednesday not this past wednesday but the wednesday before we went to a passion conference down in atlanta with our seniors in college and career class we took 16 of them down so it's it's been tremendous. Like that's only God working. Yeah. We've seen 25 saved. Wow. In less than a year since June 1st. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Brent. So you can see God's hand at work in your ministry, you know, and, um, <clears throat> God's timing yeah. is essential. Yes. What is sometimes we want to rush, <laughs> you know, but, but God knows when we're ready. I, I, this passage right here, Proverbs 16, uh, verse number nine, it says, a man's heart devises his way, yeah, but the Lord directs his, his steps. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. That's good. Wow. Well, Brett, uh, we've been, we've been talking, uh, 15 minutes here, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, he got me wound up, man. I, you, you got something you want to say? Well, I, I, you know, he, he, his story just has got me, I'm trembling over here. I was raised Quaker. I felt like I'm quaking, you know, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I've been offered a teaching job. I've been in construction for twenty, my for myself twenty two years, and I've got a, I've been blessed, man. I've got a good crew. Uh, I've got plenty of work. I've, the Lord's allowed me to obtain a great reputation, you know. And 
uh, so I've been offered a teaching job, teaching my trade yeah. at a school. So I went yesterday and Thursday to Job Shadow. For no, I, I was like, crazy. I was like, I want to do two full days to see if I can take because I've got a really cush schedule, you know. And uh, so I went to do this, Roman. Right. <laughs> so I'm in the. Uh, they take me on the tour. They've got welding. They've got auto mechanics. They've got ag. They've got culinary and carpentry. And HVAC. Did I say HVAC? Mm, yeah. No. They have HVAC too. So wow. they're want, they're wanting to add electrical. So I go do the walkthrough, right? And uh, you said something that sparked this. This is why I'm telling the story. So I go to class, and I help the carpenter guy. I shadow him all day Thursday. <clears throat> Actually helped a kid not cut his finger off. It was great because he had his finger on the sawzall blade. I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. No, not pull the trigger, bro. want to go there. Yeah, easy now. <laughs> I'm not ready for blood on the first day, you know. So... Um, and I've been really wondering what to do. I've been, and you know, I've been perplexed over this for a while. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've been really wondering what to do. And uh, so it's funny because on Wednesday, I went Thursday and Friday, but on Wednesday evening at the end of basketball practice, I asked our girls, I said, hey, why don't you just, I said, I'm going to be here teaching tomorrow and Friday. I want to give you a homework assignment today. I want you to write your purpose what you feel your purpose is on a piece of paper and give it to me. You never understand the impact you have on kids until they get a chance to not openly kind of tell you, but like in a card or a letter, you don't know the impact you have on them. And I'm telling you right now, guys, I've got 14 of the 15 letters and I and I all, all I could do was cry mm. because, you know, when when one tells you, "Hey, listen, I I really enjoy your Bible stories because they always hit me where I'm at," you don't think about it, man. And then in every letter, there's scripture being quoted. And then you see some of them that were so hard when you got there that didn't want nothing to do with nobody or nothing and had this guard up. They're praying over our meals now, mm. the hard ones. Yeah. So I'm in class Thursday, and when I, when I got all them letters, I thought, God, am I really supposed to be here? Is this what I'm supposed to do? So I go to class Thursday. I have the kid not cut his finger off. I'm helping teach. How to, I'm in carpentry, and I'm not a carpenter, but we, we deal with stuff in electrical. So I'm helping them measure, use squares and all this, and I'm just I'm caught up in the middle of it. I'm actually doing it, you know? And I'm like, and I, and I step back, I thought, my God, this is crazy. But, of course, you know, it's not always peaches and cream at school. You guys know this. You're both teachers. So I go back yesterday. <laughs> the The heat and air breaks down in the school. The next thing I know, they got me in the bullet room in the breaker box. <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, are they paying you double for this? And I'm like, oh, dang, boys, what are y'all doing to me? So um, I'm walking down the hall. And I said, Lord. Because I've struggled with the same things. Why don't you use me more? Why don't I preach more? You know, uh, why why don't I get those phone calls? Why? Because I, I do study, and I feel like I, I'm passionate about the Lord, and I feel like I have a zeal for the Lord, and I feel like he uses me when I speak. But I don't get those phone calls. And I'm like, golly, bum, what's going on? 
So I'm walking down the hall, and in my mind, I hear the voice says, maybe this is your youth group. Maybe this is your congregation. And I thought, my God. It's unreal. It is. I mean, there's 750 of them. And they're all confined. Mm -hmm. And they all have to interact with you at some point in time. So, and they're all searching for something. Yeah, and, and they and they're desperate. They're mm-hmm. desperately in need of a savior. I mean, let's just be real. The the homes they come from are broken. They're tattered. Uh, grandma's raising most of them. I mean, we have kids in there that are like struggling with. I heard one kid yesterday. Uh, they said the teacher goes, "What are we going to do today?" And he goes, "Commit suicide." Mm. And I'm like, "Huh?" Of course, he was being stupid, but still, <laughs> you know, it's like. Hold up! Wait a minute. You don't understand. You know you're you're created for a purpose. You're created in the image of the Almighty. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, mm-hmm. dude. There's no reason to kill that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there's no reason to kill that. So I just um, I've struggled with that. What do I do? But I'm also I've been afforded a great opportunity. I just pray to God I'm not too scared to obey and walk through the door. You know, Paul. Uh we all get to this place of comfort in our lives. God's people were led to a land of milk and honey. Yeah. A land of abundance, you yeah. know? And now when they got there, uh, they had to fight some battles. If you've ever read through the book of Joshua, my goodness, Joshua, they mm-hmm. slaughter a bunch of people. <laughs> That's all about slaying, you know, the book of Joshua. <clears throat> but like once they get the land clear, They've arrived. They're happy. They're good. Yeah. They get comfortable. And you know what happens when people get comfortable? Complacent. They take their eyes off the Lord. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so we've all, we've, I want to encourage everybody out there. You've got to have the passion. You've got to have something that you're striving for. The apostle Paul said, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So if you're in that place of comfort and you're, if, if you're in that place of like feeling like, what does God have plans for me? Pray for God to give you a new adventure. Pray for a new opportunity. And then when it comes along, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get scared. Yeah, that's true, Roman. You're going to get scared and you're going to be wrestling with uncertainties and you're going to be trying to justify and you're going to come up with excuses. And you see, that may be the time and place that you demonstrate your faith because faith is not safe. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now, faith is also not reckless, right. you know, you don't go stand out in the road and say, God, I believe you're going to protect me from these tra- from this traffic. You mean that, you don't handle snakes, Roman? Don't just- handle snakes. <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't go there. But at the same time, you know, if, if you're being directed and you're feeling led by the Lord, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. Yeah. And if you trust God, he's going to go before you, yeah. you know, and that's for you. That's for all of our listeners. Amen. And, uh, Brett, uh, actually our, our topic for today is Passover and Passover is crucial to understanding that God is going to take care of his people. Amen. God's going to take care of his people. So Brett, we're just going to kind of segue into, uh, into the topic. So you just tell us why um, Passover is relevant for believers today and, and what's so important about Passover. So we went 
when I got there in June, I started off in Mark. And uh, I'm going to, I get, what did they call that? Expository preaching? I'm an expository preacher. Or you just go, I go verse by line? Almost verse by verse, by verse yeah. or uh, maybe chapter by chapter. And that's what I try to do is I break it down. In Mark chapter one, we'll go through it. Mark chapter two, we'll go through. It. And I mean, you got to be fast. You just can't be sitting there yeah. reading. I don't read every verse. I skip through and pick. You know, maybe not the main ones. I don't right, want to say right. like that. But we went through Mark and it went extremely well. Uh, right now, we're going through Exodus. In Exodus, there's no way you could just do every chapter. So I'm just picking and choosing some things and. Uh, we're now up to the 10 plagues and we finished the 10 plagues this Wednesday and man, I got a killer one for next Wednesday. There's going to, I can <laughs> almost feel like there's somebody going to get saved next Wednesday. <laughs> right. Uh, so we got to here and we're at the ninth plague in this, in this book of Exodus. And, you know, I get to look and I listen to these other preachers and read some things and, you know, why was it in, why did they even have the plagues. Why was it even, why were there plagues going on? Do you guys know? Lord, yeah. Pharaoh wouldn't let God's people go. Yeah, Mm-mm. but but later on in the Bible, the Babylonians are have the Egypt or Hebrew children enslaved. And what does he do to his heart? He just tells the king, let him go, and he lets him go. So why did he have to have the 10 plagues here in this book? And what you, you find out and you read and you look at is that <clears> – <throat> When you get to this point in life, the children of Israel are slaves, and they've been slaves for I don't I can't remember how many years four hundred something yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> but maybe it was for the world to see what was going on because the Egyptians was what in that day they were the most Superpower. power they yeah. were the, they were like America is the day I mean they were the best of the best yeah. and what I was telling my kids I like them t shirts that says back-to-back World War champs. Yeah. And that's like what (laughs) Egypt was like back in the day. Like, they were the superpower. They were center of the world. And what happened here, when you finally read it and you digress and you take a step back and you look at it... We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. When you finally read it and you digress and you take a step back and you look at it, the children of Israel, everybody was watching. Everybody had their eyes on Egypt. Even when they got out and they went to the first uh, city in Jericho, that woman was like, we're scared. Uh, What was her name? Rahab? Yeah. She was, they were, the whole city was enclosed. The walls were shut. The doors were shut. The windows were shut. I mean, no one came in, no one came out. Everybody was tightly knit because they were scared because they seen what God did in Egypt. And they seen, she went on and on. We seen what he did. We heard about it. And we don't want that. And the reason it happened like that, that that we have these 10 plagues is I think God wanted people to see. And now we're at the moment where Moses is now famous. When he first came in, they didn't want anything to do with him. But now he is one of the most famous men on the face of the earth. So, And let me say one more thing, uh, Brett. I had heard um, that the plagues were not just random. No. Because why frogs? Yeah, it's you very know, natural. Why, why turn the water into blood? blood? You know, 
And, uh, you know, you can do a little research, but um, each plague strategically corresponded with a god in Egypt. Yes. Because yeah. yes. there was multiple gods the that, they, deities. That, yes. that they served and worshipped. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like whenever they turned the, uh, you know, the water into blood, they would pray to, uh, let's see, um, Hopi, the Egyptian god of the Nile, the water bearer, you know, and... Hoppy wasn't turning that water back, you know. Yeah. And so it's almost like, well, does he not have? Does our God not have power? the The Hebrew gods have the Hebrew God has power, and uh, you know, uh, Brett, did you did you say the ninth? You went over the ninth one. We went to the ninth one. Now we were finishing the tenth one, and the ninth one was three days of darkness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, that's not. It, Complete darkness. Uh, yeah, yeah. You couldn't see in front of your yeah. face. We're yeah, that's crazy. A, that's scary. I mean, God. I mean, did the sun? Was the sun not in the sky? Or, I'm sorry, the moon not in the sky? Did God darken the stars? I mean, can you imagine just how terrifying that would be? Mm-hmm. Be like going over the lost sea when they cut that light out. Yeah, dude, you can't see nothing. It's crushing darkness. Yeah. It was like compressing on them. Yeah, um, but their sun god, Ra. Uh, I'm sure they prayed to Ra. I, oh, mean, yeah. for, for, I mean, for 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 the sun to not rise, yeah, or for the you know for for it to be dark, and so yeah, this people they were, and Pharaoh would just you know his heart was being hardened each time, mm-hmm. but it was the tenth plague, the tenth plague that finally broke the yoke, that finally <laughs> yes. uh, got Pharaoh's attention. So, go ahead, Brett. I got some points. <clears throat> the first one is death is coming, and. Uh, Death will come to every single person in this world. And I always thought this is strange to have this plague. Like, why Why was it so important to have this last plague? And in that day, and I wouldn't even be killed. Like, I've got an older brother, so it's not like I would be the one firstborn son to leave. Like, yeah. I don't know about yeah. you guys. Would you be? I was good. Yeah. I'd be good. I'm the know? only kid, so yeah, I'd have been done. Yeah, you'd been gone. You'd yeah. been gone. So I'm not, me and Roman are <laughs> all right. Ripped. We'd be good. And I got to talking to my kids about it, and uh, we got a, a boy named Nolan Dacus there in Landon Dacus, and their mom and dad and grandparents own Sweetwater Valley. And I said, you know, what if we took your inheritance and we split it to you four. That'd be pro- that'd be proper if everything went down the way. I, I, God forgive or God forbid that they would pass away or anything like that. But you would get a quarter. Let's just say it was a million dollars. You get two fifty. You'd get two fifty. And there's four brothers, so yeah. everybody's getting two fifty. And I said, back in that day, that's not what happened. The firstborn son got what, guys? And they they went to talk and they said they got everything. They was that's yeah. And the reason that was is because. The family, the first person uh, in that day was seen, or the firstborn son, in them times, they would get everything because they didn't want the power diluted. And they didn't look at individual success. They looked at family success. So the Hamiltons would have been the big name, or uh, the Chapmans would have been the big name, or the Kings would have been the big name, not Brett. Or Paul mm-hmm. yeah. or Roman, it was it was that family because it was stayed in tight with that. So, uh, everybody's life would have been affected though with the firstborn son being killed, and you know why wasn't it the second cousin? And 
because everybody would have been affected, but not everybody would have had to been wiped out. Right. And go ahead, Roman. No, no, go. No, I'm sorry. And it's not like it is now. It's nowhere near like it was now. And that's, that's how it affect us. And why did it have to be death? And I, I, I like, I love math, Paul. I love it. Like I, I like doing multi-step equations in my algebra one class. It's one of my favorite things. You're just a nerd, huh? I'm just a nerd. Yeah. (laughs) A big nerd. And you know, I get to thinking if you got two X plus six and you got equals three X plus nine, what makes that problem true? What, what X can I plug in on this side to make it true on this side? And when you get to thinking about that, I think it's like three. I could or negative three. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not doing the math in my head that fast. I've already forgot the equation. Uh, but you uh, know, yeah. sin <laughs> equals what? Death. Death. And now that's an equation. Okay. Sin equals death. So if there's death in this life, there has to be what in this life? Mm. There has to be death. They have to be equal. There's no separation. If you killed someone, the only right way to do it is the yeah. you to have experienced yeah. death. Mm. And, you know, and that's going eye for an eye, tooth, tooth for a tooth, tooth and yeah. stuff like that. So the opposite of what's going on in this time, why did it have to be death? I told you all two weeks ago, not you guys, but my students, that God brings life, but if you don't follow God, it brings death, and the opposite, that is the opposite of creation. God creates. God creates opportunities. He creates life. He creates this world. Uh, and if you don't follow him, what, what happens? There's a breakdown. There is uncreation, and that's what's going on in these plagues. I created this water. You made it blood. Yeah, you. Mm-hmm. I created these animals, and they turned against you when you didn't follow me. I created, I made that firstborn son, but if you don't follow me, then I'm going to break it down. Mm-hmm. And the great news is that, number two, everybody is guilty. Death is coming, and who's it coming to? Oh. It's coming to everybody. Yeah. And Ben Stewart said, guilty is a, is a harsh word. No one wants to be called guilty. That's true. No one wants to be put on as a guilty person. So... Everybody in Egypt was caught red-handed. I mean, hand in the cookie jar. Not only the Egyptians, though, but the Hebrews as well. And God doesn't draw the line ethnically. It don't matter if you're black, white, purple, green, orange, whatever color you are. It don't matter. God, Mm -hmm. you are guilty. You You are stuck. God has to judge them all because the Hebrews have worshipped other gods as well. Yeah. They haven't been faithful. Yeah. They've been wandering mm. around. But number three, there's a way out. Thank goodness there is a way out. So if God wanted to kill them, the Egyptians or the Hebrews, it, he could have done it just like that. I mean, he he already sent the plagues. Right. I mean, it's not like he didn't have the power. I mean, who could turn just this 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 creek right here? There, none of us could turn that into blood. Uh-huh. <laughs> we can't get frogs to come up out of there. Oh, we Lord. can't get lice. We can't get flies. We can't get cows to drop over dead. We can't get livestock mm. to just fall over. We can't do any of that stuff. We can't cause darkness. Mm-mm. But God could cause it. So why didn't he just kill them? If I wanted to kill an ant, i just step on it. I've got power over that. Mm-hmm. So why didn't he do this? But our God, the same God who brings judgment, 
offers a way of escape. Mm-hmm. And good, judgment good. is the last thing that God wants to do. Uh, and I hope they understand that God doesn't want to punish anyone. He doesn't pick the person he's going to punish. He doesn't say, that one's dying and going to hell. He, It's a chosen Yeah, that thing. person chooses. That person cho- chose that situation. Yeah. And I get to talking about my dad, and I said, I've only been whipped twice by my dad. Now, a few times by my mama. I, I don't know. I've, it's hard to count, but... Uh, my dad only whipped me twice and I learned pretty quick that I didn't like that. And he bit me over the bed one day and said, uh, son, this is going to hurt me more than it is going to hurt you. I was like, what does that mean? That don't make any sense. That don't make any sense. What do you mean? It's going to hurt you. I'm the one getting the pain. Yeah. And I don't know if you, have you ever spanked your guys' children? I hate to say that or too many times rearing as the, as the books say it nowadays. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys have had that same, thing drawn in your mind is, man, this hurts me more than it does yeah. you. And why is that? It's because you love them. That's you. Yeah. That's your babies. Yeah. And you want to see them do the best they possibly can. And sometimes you just got to mm-hmm. catch them up to turn them around and get back yeah. on track. And I tune them up. <laughs> it took me some time to understand this. Yeah, It took me a long time. I said, what on earth is he thinking? And I, I still don't understand mostly, but uh, one thing I know is, you know, I deal with stalker calves. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what stalker calves are, but it's like you keep cattle for three to four months. You buy them like at uh, 350 pounds. You raise them up to 550, 600 and you, pounds, and you just sell them. Yeah. And I had a, a, a puppy once, and I hate to bring this up on the air, but my heart for a long time was crushed because of that dog. We was pulling out of the road, and I watched it get hit by a car. Mm. And, you know, being on a farm all the time and being little, my dad just went out there and threw it in the ditch, and we had to go bury it later that day. But we had to go to school. We still had work to do, not just a little death to an animal. And that broke me. I mean, it it took me a long time to really love something. Yeah. Because, you know, that was my – it would fetch baseballs. It would bounce a basketball back to you. It would do it all. And, uh, you know, that's why I like these stalker calves is I can't build a relationship with them. As soon as I get it and I start to like them, they're gone. I, I don't have to deal with it. And it took me some time. Like, even girls, you know, you date them for three or four weeks and you're just like, ah, I'm, there's no sense. And I would do that. And I finally met my wife and I love her. I mean, even when we started dating, I was like, this is crazy. This I, one's I, different. This huh? one, I love her. Yeah. And she may really be the only person I've loved in my life besides my parents, you know, and my nan and papa. And I I told told a story uh, about her passing out on me, and I was truly scared. I think that's when I finally knew I loved her because I thought she may die right now. Mm. And I was scared to death. And, the reason is, is I love her and I don't want to see her in any pain yeah. ever. And you, I'm sure you guys are the same way. Well, you don't want to see your wives in any pain. You want to try to help them the best you possibly can. And that's what God did with the children of Israel and these people. He's like, I don't want to see these people in pain. Yeah, I don't want to see heartache. I don't want to see these things. But again, you guys just read it earlier that we got to have a little suffering. Uh, that's That's later on, but. Well, a little for the children of Israel was 400 years. Yes. I think it was 430. Well, give or take, you know. (laughs) It's crazy. But, yeah, they got to that place of hungering 
and they were desperate yeah. for redeemer. They were crying out. Yes. Oh man, and and let me. I mean, guys, if you're if you're here, if God has blessed you, worship Him. He's worthy. But if you get to that place of comfort where you begin to forget about the Lord, God may bring a Pharaoh into your life. Yeah. To humble you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. So that you'll cry out and seek the Lord for deliverance. Yeah, He'll bring you back to Him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you may have to go through Egypt. Yeah, and and people don't understand that that Egypt is his love and grace and mercy because he could let you die without yeah. him. Yes. He could let you die and, and go into eternal damnation. And that suffering is his love and grace and mercy extended to you. Yes. And, and we don't get that. We don't understand because we want to do our own thing and go and do this and do that. And it's amazing how even in that, when we turn our back on him, he is still crying out, hey, I love you, I want yeah. you, I need you, and yes. I will do whatever. I will leave the 99 to, to come for you. Yeah. And, you know, going back to what I said a few minutes ago is God doesn't want that either on your life. But the only way that you have that in your life is if you chose that direction. Yeah. And God makes a way of escape right here, and that's what I was talking about with that equation earlier. The escape from death is death. Mm. So that's where we get this Passover, and I got some more, and I don't, I don't know how much time we were allowed on here, <laughs> but uh, how, how, and and if it's like math, and you have to have one side equal the other, God makes a way, but the only way is through death again. Mm-hmm. So what did they do? They had they had specific instructions. I mean specific instructions. Yeah. And I don't. Th- I think if they would have not adhered to those instructions, they would have been gone as well. Oh yeah. And who knows? There may have been some that we didn't read and that wasn't mentioned in the in the book of Exodus. Who knows? We don't know that stuff. It didn't mention that. Uh, but we get to this point, God gave him specific instruction. If you want to survive this night, you will kill a lamb, a male lamb, within the year of uh, a age of a year, and you're going to take it, and you're going to take its blood. And I seen something earlier, like you're not going to take water, you're not going to eat it raw, you're going to roast this thing, and it's going to, you're going to take everything of it, and you're going to take that blood, and you're going to put it on the doorpost. Mm. So when that death angel comes, and it comes by, it knows that that person did something to get out of this. And that yeah. thing, death, to get out of death, they had death in their house. Yeah. Mm. And the same way, and I get to thinking about this stuff right here, man, this gives me goosebumps, is that, you know, what did God tell them to do after this? He said, remember this time. Yeah. And not only remember this time, I want you guys to do this every year. Yeah. I want you guys to think about this, and I want you to take in remembrance, and you do it every year because of what reason? Because you can look back on your life, and you could say, hey, you remember when we was in Egypt? You remember when Pharaoh had us captive for 430 years? You guys remember that and what God's blessings done on our life Mm -hmm. to get us out of this situation? And us, and we look at the Egyptians, or I mean the children of Israel, and they get out, and they're wandering around in the outside, and, and that's my next topic for next week is that you know, the promised land was where? It was north from Egypt. And which way did they head? They headed south. Wow. And they was going in the wrong direction. <laughs> and and we look at our lives, and sometimes we're wondering, like, what's going on in my life? God, I thought I was supposed to be headed north, but I'm headed south. I don't know what's going on. But God had a specific plan. Yeah. And they're down there, and they're headed south, and they're they're wandering around. And then they start saying, 
man, wouldn't we have been better in Egypt? Yep. They see the Pharaoh's <laughs> armies coming at them, and Pharaoh's like looking around like, what are the Hebrew children doing out there? They're just going back and forth. They're lost as last year's Easter eggs. And Pharaoh sends his crew out, and he's going to go get them. He said, bring them back. And maybe maybe the purpose is, purpose is, is God had something even better in store for them to get to the to the promised land, because what was the promised land made out of? They were made out of fighters. Yeah, you think the children of Israel knew how to fight? Oh, no, no. <laughs> they've been slaves for four hundred yeah. years. Yeah. They don't know how to fight. There's no way they could fight. Submissive, doing yeah. what they're told. Yeah, and and maybe it was just to build them some confidence. Hey, I'm bringing you down here so you could see what I'm about to do. Yeah, and man. I'm on your side. And I'm always going to be on your side. I'm going to take care of you. If you follow me, I'm going to take care of you. And it comes back, and we start thinking about our own lives. And we're, I get to thinking, my dad had kidney cancer this past year. I'm like, God, why? That's my daddy. Yeah. yeah. And then I get to thinking, oh, man, I got to remember something. You know, even then, if, if it comes bad, you know, we always make fun of the children of Israel. So, man, they was just out of week. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Why are they forgetting what God just brought them through? Did they not see the ten plagues? They didn't. None of them was hurt from it. And I get to looking at my life, and I'm like, man, I've done the same thing. Yes. Yeah. I look back on my life, and I'm like, man, I was mad at God for doing that to my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, my nan and papa passed away a year ago as well. I'm like, why? But then I get to thinking, man, God's been good to me. Yeah. My nana and papa raised me up, and my mom and dad raised me in church since the week two. I I don't know how many services I've missed. I know we go on vacation, but that's the only church services I missed. Yeah. And how great has my God been to my family and what he's done in my life? I've never been struggling. Yeah. I've never had a point where, man, I don't know if we can make it next month. Right. I don't know if we got enough money to pay the light bills. I don't know if we got enough money to cover rent. I don't know if we got enough money to cover our, our car expenses this month. I've never had that situation. Right. And I get to look and I'm like, let me just remember for a second what God's done in my life. And they get on and they start doing this every single year. Yeah. For how many years? Thousands. And what are we doing today? We're doing the exact same thing, but for a different reason. Mm. You know, we, we wanted to, the, the main reason is expository preaching is like, what's this scripture about? Break it down. Now, how can it affect my life? And I mean, we've not been held captive. We're in America. They're, you yeah. know, you're not held captive right now. You, if you want to do something, you go do it anytime yeah, you true. want to. And, and we get to looking, or I get to looking right now, and I got to remember something. You know, Jesus has been so good to me. And I get to remember, you know, at that time, it was that little lamb. Now, it's a lamb of God that we look at. That's who it's about. First Corinthians 5, 7 says that he is our Passover Sacrifice. Yes. He is our lamb. Uh, John said, Behold the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Yes. Now, Brett, you were talking about earlier about, you know, the children of Israel and and God having to get them in a situation where they were desperate and they had to rely on the Lord. And then generations coming out. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter number four, verse number nine. 
It says, only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. Yeah. Moses would have been writing to people who probably saw those plagues, yep. who who walked through the yeah, Red yeah. Sea. <laughs> you know, wouldn't it be something if archaeologists could find a bunch of Egyptian chariots and armor at the bottom of the Red Sea. Yeah. I wish that they would excavate. We're trying to get to the moon. Elon Musk is trying to get to Mars. I wish we would get to the bottom of the Red Sea, Yeah, you know, and try to find. And then people could go like, wow, the Bible is true. The Bible is legit. But that, to don't forget. That's what he's telling these people. Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things that thy eyes have seen. Unless that they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. He says, but teach them to thy sons and to thy sons' sons. We've got a responsibility to remember the Lord, to honor the Lord, to continue to, to follow after the Lord, and to teach them to our sons, to teach them to our kids. I really like that passage because, Brett, like you said, we are quick to blame God's people and say, how could they forget we forget all the time. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I know I find myself whenever things are not going exactly my way or not going according to plan, I'll just look and be like, God, why am I having to go through this? And I just, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to question the Lord or blaspheme, but it's in my weakness that I'm scared and there's uncertainty. And that's when I need to say, God, I trust you. Lord, I know that you're going to go before me. Yeah. And God, whatever is happening in my life is what's supposed to happen. And so, God, I have faith believing that you're in this, that you're in this moment, that you're in this story, and God, you're going to work this out. It's true. Amen. That's the thing about it. They got through that sea, and they got on the other side. He provided manna for them. Yeah. He fed them. He watered them. When they got tired of manna, he provided quail. Yeah, and they still murmured they complained they worship other idols you know they they made golden images they did all these things and he performed these unreal miracles to deliver them and they still did all that i, yeah. I mean we do the same thing today you know yes. and um but that thing about the passover i, I got to reading on that you know they brought and, and, and you made this statement about your uh stalker calves that, that by the time you get used to them, you shed them on, you know, because you don't want to make that. Yeah. Uh, I got tickled when when Titus was little. My dad bought two two bulls. He was going to pick which one he wanted, you know, to to do our herd with. They came out of UT, and he named them Tom and Jerry. And my boy, he got attached to them things because mm. we we fed them all the time, you mm. know. And, and then uh, Dad was like, "We're going to eat the one we don't keep," you know, and and. <laughs> My, Titus was like, boy, we ain't neither. That's my calf, you know. So dad ended up trading the Shetland pony so he could have that calf. And we were sitting there eating one day. And dad said, boy, old, old Jerry tastes good. <laughs> oh, no. Old Titus, he broke down. It's a pretty bad day. Yeah. Here. But, you know, I mean, you get attached to things. And and in that Passover, uh, the way they did it, they brought that lamb in, and it lived in the house yeah. for four days. For four days before they sacrificed that thing. So you know in four days that thing's living in your quarters. I mean, they might have had a big old house or they might have had a hut. You don't know. 
But if you're confined with an animal in your house for four days, you're going to get used to it. You're going to pet it. You're going to talk to it. You're, you're going to get attached to it within four days. And then you've got to sacrifice this thing. You've got to let something you love go. You've got to let it go in order to be redeemed mm. according to the book. You know, and, and the thing about that with Jesus, that lamb, not a bone, was to be broken or it wasn't good <coughs> enough for the sacrifice. And if you'll read mm. the correlation between the Passover and how Jesus was crucified, not a bone was to be broken. And, and, and you said this too also earlier, Brett, that it didn't matter your nationality. You could be red, yellow, green, white. But the thing about this Passover, Roman, is in Egypt that night, let's just say there was a little Egyptian boy, a firstborn, that went over to spend the night with a Hebrew boy. The night that all this happened and that blood was applied, that Egyptian boy was saved too. He would have been covered. He would have been covered. So he came for everybody. That blood's for everybody. That redemption is for everybody. All you got to do is believe and receive. It's good. Amen. Amen. You know, I was doing a little research, and um, we live, you know, over here in good old America and <laughs> Ronald Reagan country and oh, Lord, easy all, all of that. But Jewish families still gather for a meal that they call Seder yeah. during during Passover. And um Passover is something that takes over or it takes a uh, course during a specific time every single year. It's on. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um the dates of that um I've got it right here. But the date of Passover for 2022 20, uh, was April 15 through April 23rd. Um, Exodus 12, verse 18, the Lord says, From the 14th day of the month at evening, you shall not eat bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. Why would he continue to have them to honor Passover? Even now, Jewish people still honor Passover. Why? To remember so that they wouldn't forget the Lord. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't forget God. And, of course, you know, you when we read through, um, through history, we see periods where maybe God's people were adhering to the traditions, but their heart was still far from the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how many people, you know, when they come in on Sunday, they're, they're here, they're present in body, but their spirit is far from the Lord. Their heart's far from the Lord. Paul, we've mm-hmm. even shared this um, in the uh, podcast. The Bible says that God is a spirit, and he seeks those that will worship him in spirit Truth. And in truth, that he's seeking a people that are going to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so I want to encourage our Truth Revival listeners. I don't think that, you know, and, and, and there's still some people who say, well, why don't we keep the, uh, why don't we keep the, um, 
the Passover week? Why why do we, you know, we're um, Protestant. Why do we not keep Passover week? Well, we're no longer bound by any of the laws of the Old Testament, but we're under the law of grace. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Christ was our Passover lamb. But I do believe that for us, the the Passover was foreshadowing for the cross. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so for us, yeah, we man. partake in communion. Mm-hmm. We partake in communion. We also call it the Lord's Lord Supper. Supper. And the body that was broken, the blood that was shed. And Jesus said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance mm-hmm. of me. It's important for God's people to remember that in order for, for us to be free, a price had to be paid. Yeah. Easy now. It, I mean, the children of Israel, in order for them to go free from Egypt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. They they had to remember that God brought them out of it. A price had to be paid. Mm. And God said, do this as a perpetual command. That way you don't forget. Well, for us, let me tell you something, guys. That Passover lamb was Jesus Christ. And I'm so yes. thankful that God spoke to me as a young child and I was able to repent and place my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's been times that I have gone wayward or gone, got out of God's will, but I'm so thankful for first John one night. The Bible says that if we'll confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all of all unrighteousness. And you know what happens when I do that puts me back in right standing with God Mm. Yeah, because the forgiveness is not based on my equity or my good works or the things that I've done. Mm. My forgiveness is simply based on what Jesus Christ has done. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so um, I want to follow that. I want to grow in grace and knowledge. I want to, uh, grow in my walk with the Lord, and, and I want to honor Christ by by serving Him. Uh, we've read, we've talked about the true vine. Jesus said, "If any man is in me, he shall bear much fruit." So, what does it mean to bear spiritual fruit as a child of God? Well, we don't have time to talk about that today in the podcast, but we want to encourage all of our believers out there that if you are a child of God. Remember what the Lord has done for you. Yeah. Don't forget about the good things of God. Brett, you got you got anything else over there? No, nah, I just had one more paragraph, but you covered it. <laughs> God died on the cross, or die, God died on a cross for you and I, and it'd be different if he stayed dead, but he re- resurrected himself. Mm. He came to be the equalizer. He be- became to be equivalent to save us, and now and only because of him do we have the choice we already discussed punishment. He chooses the punishment for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you do with your actions, you do something, you'll be punished for it. But the good news is God already took it for us. Hallelujah. The executioner of death. Mm. <laughs> Oof. It's good stuff, boy. Yeah, Jesus uh, put death in neutral. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah he did, boy. <laughs> you no longer have power. I took the keys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We want to thank uh, Brother Brett for coming on on the, the show today. And, uh, and Brett, we just pray for you in the ministry. Yes. You know, um, 
up being up here in Tillica, we think those folks in Sweetwater are heathen. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> we got that Sweetwater, I'll tell you. They're in the valley. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we uh, are thankful for you. And um, there's good people in Sweetwater too, right, Paul? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Few. A few. Those <laughs> <laughs> few. But we want to thank you for coming on the show today, brother. We pray for you, for the for your ministry, uh, that God would continue to bless you, that uh, God would continue to use you. And you're just a young man in this game, right? Mm-hmm. Did you say 25? 26. 26? Wow. Yeah, God's still got... Uh, this season to be 26. Well, well he, he's uh, he's he grown up in it, right? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. um, I remember um, hearing your, your grandfather, Rod, yeah. preach revivals, um, and uh, I got to uh, grow up here in uh, Brother. He drove me by this church once. Did he? We also came up here when them tornadoes came through. Oh, Our yeah. church did. We was going. We had chainsaws and everything to cut down limbs, so I've been up here a few times with them. So yeah. he, he, he was an amazing man. Well, we're thankful that he passed on yeah. what God instilled in him, and mm. he was able to um, lead his family into following after the Lord. Yeah. And now you have a responsibility. Um, whenever any little Brett Kings are down the road, who oh, knows no. what the future holds. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but teach, teach God's word unto your children so that we remember. What a charge. And I mean, Paul warned Timothy. He said, there is coming a day when men will not endure sound doctrine, mm-hmm. that men will forget the Lord. Men will take their eyes off of God. And Brett, the kids that you teach, they're not growing up in homes. The kids that I teach, yeah, yeah. Paul, maybe one day the kids that you will teach, but definitely the, the the players on your team, the kids that you work with, you know, our kids are not being, they're not growing up in a home where God is the center. God mm-hmm. is the focus. Yeah. You know, Jesus is a picture on the wall. Yeah. Or, you know, Christians, that's just something that we are in this area. Everybody's Christian, you know? Mm-hmm. But how many people have a real relationship with Jesus Christ? Yeah. How many people yeah. are living a life surrendered? You know, um, how many people are denying themselves and following after Christ? That's the key. That's the key. So, uh, mm-hmm. Paul, if you will, just uh, close us out uh, and help us land this plane. I was thinking when you when you talk about your grandpa, you know, you know that scripture says that which you have seen and heard in me, do, yeah, that which you've seen and heard in me do. That's why we have to live our life. Um, ending on the Passover, I just want to say this: you know, he he charged them, he led them, he spoke to them. Apply the blood to the doorpost. Apply the blood to the doorpost, and you will be saved. Now today, he's saying. He's talking to you. You got to listen. Apply the blood to your heart. Apply my blood to your heart and you will be saved. Have you applied the blood and are you safe? Well, that's going to do it for Truth Revival today. This has been season two, episode three. We want to thank Brother Brett for coming on the show today. If you enjoyed Truth Revival, be sure to check us out. On Facebook at Truth Revival 37385. Mm. For Brett King and Paul Chapman, I'm Roman Hamilton. We're out of here.